Salam, salam, ishtenin singe. This salam, this is Weiss. I'm here with my co-host, Hena Sekander. So now, Hena's been with TSN for as long as I have, but this is actually her premiere episode of the podcast. Uh, so this topic is going to be about superstitions, which is very fitting for you to be the host. So Hena, why don't you tell us why? <laughs> so hi, I'm Hena. I'm usually behind the scenes on TSN working on social media. But this is my first time co-hosting an episode that's actually going to air since I have a TSN podcast curse. That's right. So, Hannah, how many episodes have you actually recorded? Um, I want to say I've done two other episodes, maybe three, that just it, haven't made it. Yeah, I was about to say, and how many of them have been released? <laughs> Zero. No. None. And, Hannah, you know, to, uh, like, to your credit, so all of our social media, I, I, well, not all, but most of our social media posts have been your creation. So y- you've done so much for, the, for both the podcast and the Facebook Live, and we decided to reward you by, for some reason, <laughs> continually cutting episodes that you recorded. Yep, thanks. I appreciate it. It's good to know that I'm, my, my labor is seen, but I'm not heard. Anyway, so well, hopefully today, we'll change that today. <laughs> yes. So today we're joined by Sabrina Barksai, who created a zine called Afghan Superstitions. So it's appropriate to have her on an episode where I'm co-hosting, despite my curse, and especially since we're so close to Halloween. Yeah, so we discussed what superstitions we had growing up, some of our favorite ones, and why they've had this kind of staying power within our community. As always, this episode is based on our own experiences of the superstitions, None of us are claiming to be experts on the field in the traditional sense. We're just some Afghan-Americans sharing our own thoughts on such an interesting and spooky topic. (laughs) So without further ado, we present to you... The Afghan-American Playbook presents... Superstitions. A Halloween episode. With Sabrina Barakzai. Hi everyone. So, like we said in the intro, we got um, Sabrina Barakzai with us, who will be discussing uh, Afghan superstition. So, before I get started on that fully, we have a lovely zine that you um, released in 2019. So. I guess the first question that I have is just what what was the thought to uh, to create this thing? Well, thank you, Weiss and Hina, for having me on the TSN podcast. So what really inspired me to create the scene was my family. I wanted to celebrate and document some of the superstitions that I heard growing up. I've moved around a lot as an adult, and I've lived away from family, and creating this scene was really a way for me to reconnect with Afghan culture and my family. Um, I included photos of my family in the zine, as well as some personal anecdotes. And the superstitions in the zine really do cover a lot of ground. Some of them are bizarre, and some of them are funny, and some of them are spooky. And I really think that's such a beautiful part of our culture, and it was really important to me to document that. So did you, did your family 
follow all of these superstitions because there's about let me see how many pages there are in this thing there's there's a handful there's like 13 pages of superstitions do you do your parents follow all of them they don't follow all of them um i reached out to some family and friends to kind of get something of a cumulative list of of all these superstitions um I think there's a lot of common ones in there. I think one that many of us in the diaspora have grown up hearing is not to vacuum or like sweep at night. Like there's a lot of common ones or to not clip your nails at night. Um, So my parents definitely followed a lot of the common ones, but there's some unique ones in there. Um, The curveball ones, um, specifically one that I always call out that's just very um, strange and scientifically inaccurate is eating fish and vitiligo, uh, sorry, eating fish and yogurt together causes vitiligo, um, the skin condition, which is just <laughs> hyper specific, hyper specific. Where do you even hear um, about something? Like that? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, so there's yeah, my family doesn't follow all of them, but there are a few um, that I heard a lot growing up. Have you unintentionally started following some of the newer <laughs> ones that you learned for drafting this thing? Um, not yet, but um, I, I'm reminded often of of the fish one. Whenever I see like a dish of like fish that's served with some kind of dairy sauce, I do think about that superstition. <laughs> um, and I guess the. What would you say is your, I mean, outside of that one, do you have a favorite that you actually do hold on to? Yeah. Um, uh, I think the one that I reference this in my zine, um, if, um, so it's uh, tossing a bowl or a cup of clean water on the ground as someone heads on a big trip. This is supposed to bring luck and safety. Um, So as I mentioned, uh, my parents live in Virginia, still in Northern Virginia, and I've moved around a bunch, um, lived lived in San Francisco for a while. So I flew back and forth a lot to see family. And so my dad um, always threw the cup or the bowl of water when I was leaving to go to the airport. Um, And that's just one that is probably my favorite. And I, I love the metaphor of the cup of water, like representing luck. And um, I think that one's like really poetic and beautiful. How about you, Hannah? Do you have a do you have a favorite? Um, I I want to say that one's a close second. The cup of water, like even if you don't believe in it, you know, it's such a warm-hearted gesture to make towards any visitor you have. Or I've definitely been the recipient of that whenever visiting family from abroad. It's kind of like a custom that I can expect to see among Afghan like family that I have that live in different countries, different states. So that's a close second of mine. My favorite is actually the one where if you step on someone's foot, you have to shake hands. Um, That one I love because it's become such a knee-jerk reaction for me to automatically go for a handshake um, after stepping on someone's foot or vice versa. That um, I've done it with non-Afghan friends. They see me going in for a handshake and they're like, what are you doing? So it's, I've, after explaining it to them, it's gotten to the point where some of my non-Afghan friends, just to kind of appease me, <laughs> will automatically go for a handshake after um, we accidentally step on each other's foot. Yeah, yeah I, I would consider that another classic for sure. <laughs> the, that one is something that I do um, with my husband and friends. And yeah, it's a good one. It's, it's crazy how that one has, 
similar to henna like I work, you know, when you work a nine to five job, you you see the same people so many times that it's gotten to a point now where pretty much my close friends there all have now just adopted it just because they're they're used to me doing it. And I explain to them why it's being done. And so now that's just a thing that can happen that they just knee jerk reaction do the same thing it's 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 great when you can indoctrinate uh white people like that (laughs) (laughs) for sure yes do we have like any idea on where some of these come from because i know russians have a similar um kind of superstition where if someone steps on your foot you have to return the gesture by lightly stepping on their foot so I don't know if those are kind of linked in any way, but it seemed really similar. So, like, do we know about where some of these might come from? Yeah, and, you know, just my own kind of lightweight um, Googling that I've done around superstitions, I think there's a lot of cross-cultural ones that just span lots of countries and lots of cultures, which I think is really cool. Um, it's almost like this shared global language of superstitions and of storytelling that just goes beyond borders um yeah so uh, you know the evil eye is something that i think so many cultures believe in across asia africa um as europe as well and um south america i believe too um not sure of the exact origins of a lot of these but it seems like there's just so much you know globalization when it comes to superstitions and these kind this kind of folklore yeah, I've seen even in in the U.S. I've seen like bracelets that include the evil eye, and I I, I always see them thinking like, do people know what this is, where this is, what this came from? Um, and I know like something like uh, was it Espend? I think that's also mm-hmm. pretty common in that region, including like I believe Iranians do it, and um, for the uninitiated, Espend is. Um, forgetting what the actual seed is i know that it's these seeds that you burn and it generates a smoke and you do that to ward the evil eye uh just out of curiosity have you guys actually have done it yourselves have you burned a spend i haven't on myself but my mom has done it like for me same (laughs) it's always like after um going to a wedding or if there's any event that you go to that you that my mom feels like too many people were looking at me a certain way she'll automatically follow it up with we're warding off this evil eye hang on looking at you at a certain like 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 starting a fight looking at you it's or what like, you- it's like my mom's a narcissist on my behalf where she's <laughs> like too many people were into you we've got to ward off this evil eye i'm not i'm not risking it Oh, so yeah. she's like your hype man. She sure is. <laughs> Lots of protective protective measures being put in place by your mom. I love it. <laughs> yeah, we really tried to get the early COVID, we tried to get the Aspan challenge going on. I'm going to immortalize that failed attempt in oh this podcast <laughs> episode. Yes, the TSN, the TSN Aspan challenge that lasted for about, what, 45 one minutes. person did it? <laughs> I don't think I did it, and I actually have the material for it. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, Sabrina, we we were trying to make, like, a thing happen, because I think it was back when 
at the start of you know the most of the shelter at home stuff where i don't know if you remember but like on instagram people were like push-ups doing push-up challenges and yeah squat challenges and all these exercise challenges we were just like we're gonna co- we're gonna come up with this afghan thing where we we're gonna have an spend challenge and i think uh one of our members' mom did it. <laughs> it really says something that people were like, yeah, no, I'll, I'd rather do the push-up than burn some sponge. Thanks. Did That's you, hilarious. Did you do any of those challenges, by the way, either of you? No. I did not, no. I think that was, like, when I was watching Tiger King and thinking that was, like, the funniest and best thing ever, and now... In retrospect, I don't know if I feel that way anymore. Maybe, maybe there wouldn't be any coronavirus if we did the Aspen challenge. I'm just saying. I, this is know. this is a fair call out. I I I think the the TSN member that I'm thinking of, I'm pretty sure his mom had done that enough of that quote unquote challenge that it should have been awarded off by now if <laughs> if it, if it actually indeed worked. Um. And so I guess the question that I, another question that I have in general about this is, I mean, outside of, outside of the superstitions we know, it's just, I'm, I'm fascinated by how superstitious Afghans are, even among, even outside of these like traditional ones. I don't know about you two, but I'm also a very superstitious person, even beyond just doing these customs and cultural things. Where do you, where do you think that came, that comes from? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think for me, the way I look at it is that it's so personal. Like for me, a lot of the superstitions or that connection to specifically my family. I was born um, in the U.S. And to me, you know, these superstitions kind of provide a little bit of a gateway into what life was like for my parents and my family in Afghanistan growing up. Um, And so it really feeds that connection for me um with with family and culture and just going back to um feeling connected there yeah and supported there what's it been like growing up with all these superstitions I mean like has it always been have you always embraced it growing up or have you ever had some moments where it's been really inconvenient for you yeah, um, growing up, I think, you know, as like a bratty teenager, there was definitely the the questioning, right, of like, is this really like, you know, is this really going to give me bad luck? Um, my family speaks Farsi. And um, so I, I'm not sure if this is common among a lot of other folks, folks' families, but they would say like, oh, don't do X, Y, Z, like, which means it's a sin. Um, and so I remember my dad told me not to sit on the stairs, like as when I'm talking to someone because it's a sin. And so, um, that one was like a very unique family superstition. Maybe I was just in his way. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I totally um, think that's right. it. <laughs> you need to interrogate him. I, I need to question him on that one. Um, so, or I think it just bugged him or something. I'm not hundred percent sure, but that was the one where I was like, is it Pathad? Is it really gonna like if I sit on the stairs? Um, so I think as a bratty teenager, there are those things. Um, but I think one I specifically embrace as an adult um, is the evil eye one of just like, I, you know, especially in the you know world we live now and social with everything on social media and 
we are encouraged to share all the time. Um, for me, like my own intuition tells me to like not be an oversharer, and that's just something like I do for myself as like a self-protective measure. Um, and and for me, that thread goes back to the superstitions I heard about evil eye growing up, and um, you know, don't overshare or like don't like you know, you know, just be like cautious of like who you tell things who you tell things to and like what you tell things, what kind of things in your life you share. Um, th those are things that I heard growing up. I think there's a whole other layer of like um, misogyny to that that I think we don't need to go into, but I just want to do call that out. I'm not sure if my brothers heard the same from my parents, um, but it's definitely something I heard um, growing up. And, and for me, that is like a thread that goes back to evil eye and superstition. Wow, I never even thought of it that way, but it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, not only not only is it superstition that is ingrained within uh, Afghan culture, but I also feel like paranoia is also a big totally. part of it. I And I do wonder how much of it, because some of these superstitions have been around for probably centuries, things like that, but I do wonder how many of them have been solidified given the fact that we are a refugee population, how much of it is like, mm -hmm. you need good luck, you need, um, you know, you are a paranoid person because given the, the traumas that have occurred within the last, you know, 40, 50 years, I do wonder yeah. how much that has an influence as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, like, you need this good luck that that kind of goes back to just like having faith of like, okay, if I, you know, if I don't do X, Y, Z, I'll have good luck and good things will happen to me. And that gives me faith and that gives me hope. And like, as humans, we need that, especially Weiss, as you pointed out, like, you know, our diaspora has just suffered so much trauma um, over the past several decades. And, you know, I think it just gives people hope. Um, for the future um, and going a little deeper, I think there's also like socioeconomic things at play. Like um, education is something in Afghanistan that is not as um, highly upheld as it is in other countries um, or highly invested in. And I think that um, plays into the uh, ubiquity of superstitions in Afghan culture and how that is in some ways um, a tool of educating folks um storytelling and superstitions i think a lot of that has plays into um uh how ingrained superstitions are in afghan culture yeah going off of that i i agree um i think that it's you know they we're a very oral tradition culture we have a very storytelling and things like that and I feel like this is probably just another one of those instances where these things have stayed ingrained within our culture because it's like, you know, along with the food and, and certain other aspects of our culture, like that's something that you do pass down. And while, you know, for a good portion of the population who don't receive maybe like formal education in the traditional sense like that is the education that they received right it's the learning things from your 
from your parents who learn them from their grandparents and along with learning you know maybe some trade or something like that within their job but it's also like you also learned that if you kick the back of someone's heel you better shake their hand otherwise they might punch you in the face later (laughs) that's called learning social skills it makes me wonder like (laughs) when these superstitions originated were people just picking fights because there's a lot of superstitions that just revolve around that like don't jingle your keys don't i don't know like exactly kick heels things like that yeah or even like the in the inverse right or were people like super conflict avoidant like or like maybe those two things go hand in hand like people were super hot-headed and picking fights and then as a result became conflict avoidant (laughs) (laughs) let's just shake hands over it yeah the Uh, yeah exactly the the shaking hands one is the one i always return to because it's like because I always have American, you know, non-Afghan uh, Americans or whoever, like, telling me, well, what if I don't shake your hand? And it's like, well, now we're going to get into a fight because you don't respect my culture. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it ends up being, like, this self-fulfilling prophecy where it's just like, I see where it's coming from. Where it's just like, or they ask, like, well, what if I kicked your heel on purpose? It's like, well, then we are fighting. So <laughs> it ends up being true. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that one's so special, too, because it's like, it has like a it's like it has a resolution you know or it's like preemptive it's like we have to like do this thing of shaking hands to preemptively prevent a fight like i think there's something like really sweet about that i think that's pretty cool hang on i just i just caught another one of yours that actually does fit within our season which is if you fall asleep under a fig tree you will become possessed so I have to ask, was that one that your family believed? <laughs> that was not one that my family believed in. Um, but I, yeah, I do like that one because um, it is very spooky. Um, and I, yeah, I think that one, like why specifically a fig tree is the question I have. Like what if it was like, oh, you know, I'm not, I'm blanking on what is native to afghanistan's agriculture right now but like yeah what if it was like a mango tree or something pomegranate tree tree. yeah what happens if you fall asleep under a pomegranate tree yeah that's that's a good spooky one that's one of those that i think um it's kind of comes from religion but ends up over time turning into like a superstition because i think i've heard of that too um i don't know if it's in like some muslim circles or if it's still considered a superstition but just the belief that under fig trees you'll find jinns so at some point growing up i was told like you should always recite some quran anytime you pass by a tree a fig tree anything like that um and then similarly i don't know if y'all had this issue but growing up you know you can't wash you can't do your laundry on friday have you guys had that or have you all had that no is that was that a thing with it for your family Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and I think it comes from like the idea of Friday as Juma, like, you know, you're supposed to go to the masjid. It's like a Sabbath. Um, mm. That's how I kind of worked out in later years. But I just assumed that was also like an Afghan superstition. But that might be one of those that's just specific to my family. Or or they wanted to use the, the, <laughs> the laundry on that day. So like, please don't use it on that day because uh, <laughs> a jinn will come at you. <laughs> Wait, Sabrina, did you have that one? I didn't, no. Um, 
I'm pretty sure my mom does laundry like every day um, <laughs> because, you know, <laughs> Afghan moms. Um, no, I haven't heard that one, but I think the connection to religion and Juma makes so much sense. And I wonder how many other superstitions kind of go back to religion. Um, and probably a lot of those superstitions are like believed throughout, you know, the Middle East or other majority Muslim countries. So this is sort of tied, but I do, I would appreciate some honesty from, from both of you with this question, which is, do you believe in jinn? I do. <laughs> um, Hold on, I, for, for the uninitiated, jinn is, I mean, how do we describe that? It's genie, like spirits, ghosts. and Islamic belief. Anyway, sorry, go on. Hena, what about you? Do you? Oh, sorry. Um, I I do when it's convenient for me. I think, <laughs> um, and I or I'd rather I do most of the time, and then when I'm scared, I don't because I'm like, no, that's not real. <laughs> that's that you know, I'm not being haunted by a gin, so it can't be real. I don't I don't know because I do see a witch's hat behind you, so. Yeah, I I do believe in Jin, but I think I also kind of uh, employ a lot of Hena's thinking of like when it's inconvenient for me or when like I do think there's something in my house, I'm like, no, it's it's not real, <laughs> just so I can like go back to sleep or something like that. Um, but in general, I do, yeah, I do believe in like Jin and spirits and ghosts and aliens. <laughs> yeah I, I don't know about y- you two but i had especially when i was a kid there was always uh there was always one room in the house that i believed had something in there that i remember as a kid there was a there was a bathroom that i had to go through my parents bedroom to get to and i like that bathroom because it's kind of like secluded from everybody else <laughs> but my parents room was the one that i was convinced had a ghost so every like especially at night when things got super dark i would have to run through my parents bedroom to get to that bathroom thinking that i'm running past a ghost oh my gosh that's hilarious you must have really loved that bathroom mice for you to be committed to running through <laughs> a special bathroom scared of it's like it. I think because I I look back on it, it's like I think it's because it it was like a master bathroom, so it was like nice and big, and Grand. it was like palatial look, I, bathroom. Look, I look. I'm a. Uh, I, I I seek the finer things in life. Okay, <laughs> even as a kid, I was bougie about that. But um, yeah. So I mean, is there? I guess. It's it's interesting because I mean going back to what we were saying before, I think there is something interesting to say about how these superstitions, like, I I do wonder how much of it also is being held onto now that we live in the U.S. Right, that mm-hmm. we're pretty inundated with quote unquote Western culture, and that as a reaction to that, are because. I can't say for my for my parents, but for actually for my sake, like I like to hold on to these superstitious things because 
it is sort of one way for me to feel somewhat connected with, um, you know, Afghanistan that I, I had not gone to, but it's, it's sort of like one thing that allows me to keep like an Afghan part of my identity. Um, I don't know if either of you had, had similar thoughts or feelings. Yeah, definitely. I, I feel the exact same way. Um, and I think there subconsciously, that was another reason that inspired me to create the zine of like documenting it. And um, I think as the generation that was born in the US um, with parents who spent the majority of their life in Afghanistan in a different culture, you do have this like almost biological um, drive to preserve um, your family's culture. And um, I think it's just something that's really important, yeah, to me and, and upholding them and documenting them was super important, um, especially in U.S. culture and, and just making it something that um, is, you know, I, I don't want to say it's easy for non-Afghans to understand because I really do think at the end of the day I made this that zine for myself and for other Afghans. Um, but I think it's just a great way to, yeah, document and, and keep it as a part of history. Um, I am, was super fortunate to have the uh, National Museum of Women in the Arts reach out to me and have my zine in their library, which is going to be there, you know, like forever, which is awesome. Um, and that's something that is makes me really happy because it's, it's documenting all these Afghan superstitions that we heard growing up for future generations to discover. Um, and learn more about. Yeah, I think I, what I like about the zine is that it, to your point, it it is like sort of this archival thing, because I think that, especially as we live here in the U.S., um, as time goes by and, you know, the the elder, elder generations, they're starting to starting to go things like that we're going to start losing start losing some of this because for example like a lot of these superstitions i had not heard of right and it is nice to have some sort of written document keep keeping this stuff together um so i would definitely recommend for anybody who um is interested or who just wants to keep some sort of archival thing of, of this to consider you know keeping something like this around and yeah so i i mean i i'd strongly recommend it. i am jealous though because before the episode henna showed me that she apparently has the first edition of this and i guess i have <laughs> only the second edition which i'm a little offended by but you know I, hey i didn't i didn't i came to it later so yeah. i brought it on myself yeah the the cash value of these zines are debatable so <laughs> it's about the clout Really, at the end of the day, I'm the but, OG. Um, Weiss is just bandwagoning, big fan. Clearly, <laughs> I'm, and you know what? I'm okay with it. Actually, I'm not okay with it. Can you send me the first edition? Do you have one? <laughs> I, I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't have it. I'll um, have to dig through my archives. Yeah, send you one. But anyway, it's been it's been a good conversation, um, and now we're going to transition to some competition. So we have a, a trivia that we ask our guests, and the way that it works is we have a list of 10 questions, 
you have the rapid fire questions you have to answer within the three seconds um it's very competitive there absolutely is a correct answer for each of these questions so don't think otherwise and um at the end of it we'll you know we'll calculate your points and uh we'll compare you to the rest of them and determine who's been the best guest because that's really the only way i figured <laughs> this out um, i'm ready let's do it yeah yeah all let's right. do it all right i i need a theme song for this i don't know how <laughs> we have not had one yet um but i think that one should be necessary but anyway so i'm just gonna ask once again before i get started are you ready I am ready. Let me take a deep breath. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> okay. Question one. Name an ingredient in cobbly rice. Cumin. Hang on. <laughs> that is... That's a deep the, cut. <laughs> that is the deepest of cuts. I've asked this question before. I get carrots. I get raisins. The fact that you said cumin, Hannah, do you think she gets two points for that one? I think she should. <laughs> All right. I'm willing to give her a bonus point for cumin. Okay. I'm Thank so you. thrown. Sorry, that completely threw me off because I was expecting raisins and then I didn't hear raisins. Should and now you I don't just know reset like the power balance here? Like, do you want me control. to send you the questions? You can, you can now ask me. I think you have to ask me questions now. All right. Question two. What does the first A in AAC stand for? Afghan. <laughs> All right. Two for two. Actually, technically three for two because we gave you a bonus <laughs> point. Okay. Question yes. three. <laughs> question three. I'm ready. What are you supposed to do if you kick the back of someone's fo foot to avoid a fight? Shake their hand. <laughs> All right. That's correct. Question four. Better color, blue or orange? Blue because it is the color of water in our oceans. And without our oceans, we don't have life. <laughs> Henna, what do you think? I'm more of an orange person, but I'll let you be the judge for this one. <laughs> I gotta go with blue. Oh, I, I think, think we may have lost her. That's person. okay. I'm just gonna say you're incorrect <laughs> just because you got the first three right. Orange <laughs> is a better color. Um, it pops better. It it's it's interesting. Um, all right. So, question five. Better super. Or sorry, question five. Best superpower. Go. Best superpower. Hmm. You got three seconds. <laughs> You gotta think um, fast. I, you gotta flying. I think flying. I'm sorry. Is, is it's teleport. I'm sorry. The answer is teleportation. Flying oh doesn't work. Flying doesn't work because everyone can see you flying. Yeah, it is I don't, true. You don't want to go through. You'll customs. get a lot of attention. Yeah. So mu so much attention. Think of like the paparazzi photos of you flying. Like You'd be yeah. shut down trying to travel anywhere. Honestly. Yeah, that's I'll true. Also, uh, here's here's the thing I I don't understand why people don't understand about flying. It once you start flying, society will now give you an obligation that you have to do something for them for it, and I don't like that. That's like, true. I love I like that you're um incorporating society's uh, hot takes on like your superpower. Of yeah, flying. like I don't I don't need them to I don't I don't want to be a superhero. I just want to use the superpower. I don't want to yeah. like rescue cats off of roofs anyway question <laughs> six uh who would win in a race a zebra or a donkey a zebra <laughs> hmm. 
See, this one, I'm actually not sure the answer either. Hena, what do you say? Is she right or wrong? I'm gonna go, yeah, she's right. Zebra, I mean, think of what who the predator is. Yeah, and who they that's have to definitely what I was from. thinking about. <laughs> I, yeah, but at the same time, like, a, a, a zebra is a wild animal. Will it actually follow the race? <laughs> like, aren't donkeys trained? This is Listen, true. Weiss, if you want to say that you just love donkey from Shrek... And that's why you're biased. Go ahead and I mean, admit it. Has Eddie Murphy ever failed us? <laughs> All right. Anyway, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say you're correct, Zebra. Next question: Better season, okay. fall or summer? Summer. I will die on that hill. <laughs> fall um, is great. Fall is great. But I would rather, yeah. Sum- I'm all about summer. Like, give me, give me 90 degrees, humidity, sweat. I love it. I love it all. I like fall, but summer. Yeah, summer forever. <laughs> you, your your complete like commitment to summer <laughs> is having every part of me say you're incorrect. <laughs> just because I don't, I me, I'm. But also, me I'm from Southern California. <laughs> have decided oh, you're that's wrong. That's <laughs> true. Yes, I I think I need to say that I'm I'm in the east. I was born and raised on the east coast. So and I'm currently in New York. So I just had a very Hang on. Hot, sticky summer. <laughs> Hang on. You you live in New York right now, and you pick summer over fall? Right? Isn't yeah. fall in New York supposed to be the, the best? <laughs> I don't like being cold. Okay. I just don't. <laughs> you know what? All right, fine. I'll give you that one. Fine. All right. Uh, next question. Better city, New York or San Francisco? Oh, this is a knife in my heart. I'm going to have to say San Francisco only because I moved to New York in January of 2020 and then a global pandemic hit. So I have not experienced all of New York, but I mean, San Francisco is probably the most beautiful city in the country that I will, you know, I will also die on that hill, I think. Henna, what do you think? I, I Here's the thing. I don't like a lot of people who live in San Francisco, so I'm inclined to say no, but <laughs> I'm going to let her choose this one because I think I'm biased. Uh, <clears throat> I'll allow it. I mean, just because <laughs> I feel it. like if we if we don't give her that point, um, all the Fremont Afghans are going to be leaving us poor reviews. So we'll, we'll let you have okay. it. <laughs> Th- that's a good point however i'm going to now veto that and say that you're incorrect because you know what i need the controversy i think new york is a better city uh anyone in the bay area in general who has a problem please like and subscribe to our podcast uh, um, well to be fair are you saying the bay area or san francisco i did say san francisco proper so i'm gonna yeah, keep it consistent like seven there. by seven okay yeah i'm gonna yeah exactly full house that whole thing yes. all, all those okay. places Got it. Okay, so better name, Sarah or Sabrina? Sabrina, obviously. <laughs> My sister is named Sarah, um, and there's also another um, pair of Afghan sisters who are Sarah and Sabrina. Um, <laughs> sorry, Sarah, nor I love you, Ooh. but... <laughs> I'm going to give it to you just because I like the sh- shots fired at all the, all the Sarahs in the Afghan community. <laughs> So, no, um, I, I love all the Sarahs, but Sabrina is the better name. Sorry. <laughs> okay, last question, which is, I think, the most important question I have ever drafted. Um, cheesecake or tiramisu? Cheesecake. Hmm. Yes. Hena, what do you think? <laughs> Neither. <laughs> Neither? Neither. 
grow Neither. up and eat grow up and eat a slice of pie, please. Mm. Pie. <laughs> I'm here to start fights over this. Oh, okay. I'm. I, I regret asking her this question. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say you're incorrect. I like tir. I think a good tiramisu. It's fancy. It's got coffee. It's got, you know. I think it has alcohol. <laughs> I should. I shouldn't. Maybe I shouldn't say tiramisu. You're exposing yourself. <laughs> All right. All right. Fine. I'll say you're correct. Cheesecake. I think you got a lot of the. I think you may have gotten eleven out of ten. I'm gonna have to oh calculate gosh. this. Yes. But anyway, Sabrina, thank you so much for uh, for coming on and 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 um, sharing some of your stories and the process of writing this scene. If you can uh, just do us um, one favor, just give us a little bit of a of a plug of where we can find it. And um, yeah, so thank you again. Yeah, thank you, Weiss and Hanal, for having me on TSN. Um, this was so fun. Um, yes, you can follow me on social media um, at Sabrina Baraksai on everything. And my zine is available at my website, sabrinabaraksai.com. If you head there, um, you can get a link to my Etsy to do a digital download of my zine. Um, I don't have any physical copies available at the moment. I'm hoping to do a reprint in 2012. So there are digital copies available um yeah and thank you so much for having me on thank you thank you for stopping by thanks it's been great The Sandy Varden Network. The Sandy Varden Network.